I'm not very good at decision-making and tend to see problems with every option. My mind conjures up all sorts of scenarios as to what could go wrong. How can I be more decisive but not regret my decisions later? So that is an important distinction. In a sense, you could say it's not too hard to be decisive. You just choose something, do it randomly, flip a coin if you want, go with the first thing that comes to mind. So being decisive, maybe even impulsive, it's not that that's necessarily hard to do. We may have a habit of doing that, we may not, but I think most people get the idea of what that would involve. But of course, it's more that we don't allow ourselves to do that because we think, well, what could go wrong? What are the consequences? And those consequences then come forward and we start to imagine them and they seem painful and that makes us think, oh, well, that's not the path to take. And then maybe you think of another path, but again, the mind brings you forward. It it paints a scenario of what could go wrong and you think, well, don't like the look of that either. So you, you pull back from that path. So the problem is, is to the degree that you're a creative and intelligent person and to the degree that you value your own safety, When you put imagination and risk management together, you can easily see problems with just about every option. And so that can make decision-making a little bit tricky. Uh, This is the paralysis through analysis that's sometimes described, like in Shakespeare's Hamlet, where you're not really going anywhere fast because there's a lot of thinking going on. So this is tricky because it comes from a good place. This tends to be the problem. With any persistent difficulties, it's usually because there's some kind of core element of safety or protection or well-meaning to it. You know, if it was purely destructive, it, it probably wouldn't be there. It can be destructive, but based on good intentions. That's the kind of thing that can often happen. So one really important thing to appreciate is that, look, you're not psychic. If you are, great. But assuming you're not psychic, You know, all you can do, you may have some intuitions, but if you don't know everything, you can't expect yourself to know everything. And there needs to be a little bit of kindness, I think, with that when you're considering the various scenarios and options. And sometimes that's the problem. We hold ourselves to such a high standard of making good calls that nobody could really expect us to do that. Now, you might say, okay, fair enough, but maybe I'd rather just keep things the way they are. I'm afraid to make a decision, but leaving things the way they are is a decision of sorts as well. So that's kind of the problem. Whether we like it or not, we're steering. We do have this leadership role we're playing in our life. It's not so much that you should do it. It's more that you already are. And that's where things can get kind of tricky. So that can sound like a bit of pressure, but a useful strategy, I think, when you're looking uh, looking at uh, different options that are available to you, different paths that you can might take. Well, well, one thing is that you can appreciate that some of these matter more than others. So, to the degree that it is something very significant, that's irreversible, that you know maybe going to cost a lot in terms of time, energy, money, emotion, whatever it might be. Fair enough. You're probably going to want to put a bit of work into that, maybe get some advice from other people, maybe really map it out and reflect on it a bit more. So that's one useful strategy is to be a bit more proportional in the way you approach it. So with the less significant things, try being a bit more experimental with that maybe and see how that works for you. That's kind of a safer place to test it. But then with the bigger things, do put a bit more energy into them 
but by energy, I don't mean just getting caught up in them and lost in them. Instead, it's more being a little bit strategic, a little bit systematic. So your pen and paper is often a good option here or using your device or however you want to do it, but externalizing it in a way so you can see it in front of you. It's like playing a game of chess. There's a reason why chess players use a chess board while playing chess, isn't it? it you know, it shows you where the pieces are. Now, you still have to use your imagination because you've got to think about where those pieces could go and some of the options. So the game of chess is very skilled and requires incredible capacity to imagine, to visualize. But you've got a head start because at least you have the board from which to visualize or imagine from. You don't just start with nothing. That'd be very hard to kind of keep track of what's going on. You've got some scaffolding in a way to be able to build out from. So choosing your battles to some degree can be good here. Not so much attention if it's something smaller, a bit more if it's something bigger, but being a bit strategic and, you know, preferably writing it down. And considering, I think a nice approach here is to have this idea of looking for the least worst option. I'm a big fan of the least worst option. Because what the least worst option is, is kind of a compromise form of decision making where you appreciate the importance of being a bit decisive and making calls sometimes, but without this immense pressure to always make it work out perfectly. Truthfully, there's probably going to be disadvantages to just about any decision that you could make. Your hope is that there are fewer disadvantages to decision A than decision B, C, D, E, or F. So that, that, that's all you can really hope for. Do you know that for certain? No, you don't. There can be unexpected costs, but there could be unexpected costs with any option that you take. So you, you can't be expected to, you know, to foretell the future here. But you can just look at the primary options available to you. And you can say, okay, what's likely to be the least worst option here when you weigh them up against each other? And then kind of get on with it, really. You can do no more than that. Now, there can also be unexpected benefits. And this is the interesting thing, because even when a path doesn't quite work out the way we would think it would, that can open up other possibilities. And I'm not even saying that it works out well in an unexpected way. It can, and that's great when that happens. But even when it goes badly, sometimes because we've had that bad experience, that then makes us prioritize certain things more and we make better decisions in the future. So we ultimately get to a better place than where we otherwise might have gotten to. So you know, there's no way you can really measure any of that in advance. And of course, you're not going to set out trying to make poor decisions with the hope that the, you'll somehow become educated by it. But if you're doing your best, if you're pursuing the least worst options, and if you're putting energy in a strategic way into your decision making, which is kind of proportionate to the decision itself, that is absolutely all you can do. And in the midst of all of that, don't forget to enjoy the experience of it all. It would be a shame to spend so much time planning and strategizing that life goes by and then you go, well, what was that? You know, use this moment right now and enjoy the planning, but move beyond the planning and enjoy the living as well while you're at it. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf or on JFL.com.